Hey, what's going on everyone? It's Kyle here. We're back with another episode. This is episode 51. We've got Tom and Ed. What's going on, fellas? What's up, players? Man, another week of R&B. You know, I'm, I hope everyone enjoyed our last episode. You know, we had the Ash, you know, I got soul. It was our special feature, but we're back on track now with another episode. Tom, it's been quite a week, huh? Yeah, been quite a week. I'm just sitting here trying to figure out the state of R&B currently and where it's at, you know. It was a joke, guys. <laughs> yeah, and I well, think that's why you heard the silence. You should have edited in some crickets there, Kyle. <laughs> well, oh, Ed, I've got, oh, man. Ed, I've got a question for you. Shoot. Well, I might shoot you when, you, shoot, when you do this question, but go ahead. <laughs> All right. How many Chris Brown songs can you listen to consecutively? Good lord, player. I mean, the brother can only listen to six without the vomit starting to bubble in my gut. So, I don't know. A handful? It's it's well, a struggle to get through an album most days. Well, Ed, I got some news for you. Chris Brown most recently record, I mean, released the track list for his new album, Heartbreak on a Full Moon. It is a double album. We're looking at 40 songs, guys, on an album. Wait, wait a minute, player. Forty songs. <laughs> yep. On a <sighs> Tom, I don't even know where to start. Back in my day, when you had a double album, the double, the two discs would usually be limited to like twelve or thirteen songs. So you're thinking about maybe twenty-five total. So he has two discs with twenty songs on them. Can I Ooh. play devil's advocate though? Imagine if you were a Chris Brown fan, how exciting this would be. You're getting 40 new songs. That's not exciting. That's the equivalent <laughs> I said of, for a Chris Brown fan. That is, well, let's say you're an ice cream fan, and you really like ice cream, and ice cream is the most delicious thing ever, but you sit down <laughs> and you have 17 gallons of ice cream that you have to eat at one time. That ice cream is going to be straight up nasty. Oh, And there goes I, your album well, I right want there. I once had this cotton candy flavored ice cream. It was so good, I probably would have had 17 gallons in a row. Well, <laughs> there goes saying, your guys. Chris Brown album, because I'm sure it'll be just as sweet and disgusting as that ice cream you just named. Oh, my God. Well, Jeez, let's, not get, let's not get too excited, guys. I looked at the track list. Um, a couple of interesting titles on there. Ed, one that's going to stand out to you is a song called Juicy Booty. <laughs> 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 Can I respond to this? Like, this is going to be the... And see, the reason why I'm struggling is because for me to maintain my reviewer status as the greatest reviewer in the history of the internets of all time, I have to actually listen to this album. Y'all ain't got to. You can go right to Juicy Booty and then turn it off. I've got to listen to all 40 tracks that I'm sure is going to go up to like two and a half hours of my life. Oh my God. I should have a live listening party as I review this album because it is going to be the biggest train wreck in the history of R&B. I mean, if I can get at least five out of the 40 songs without auto-tune, I'll be pretty happy. Oh, That's don't crush your luck, player. <laughs> well, and then um, on top of that, he's also going to be releasing his documentary, which is a one-night showing or a one-time showing uh, in the theaters all across the U.S. So, Tom, uh, I'm expecting you to uh, expecting to see you in theaters June 8th. <laughs> I'll be in the front row. Tom has gone to right the movies. I get out of the theater. When was the last time you've uh, been to the movies? It's true. If you've listened to our podcast before, you'll know I haven't been to the movie theater in probably over about five, six years or so. Man, I can only imagine yeah, I Tom. Do. I can only imagine Tom in the front. You know that Michael Jackson. Picture with him the popcorn <laughs> with the glass. Yeah, right. Yep. No, so there's that that's coming out, and then there's another album that we've been talking about a lot, or Tom's been talking about a lot. Um, have you guys seen the new uh, TLC album cover? Oh boy, I've seen it, but I think Tom will have to rein me in on this one because you know I got a lot oh, to no. say. Here we I- go. <laughs> Well, Kyle, just describe this cover for those who have not seen it. 
Well, Hold on. The album, I, even, I can't. Can we confirm that's actually the album cover? I don't believe that. Well, that's no, my question. Because no, if I is. remember, wasn't the album cover supposed to be designed like fan design? Well, it, it it is fan designed, I guess. It, it sure looks that way. <laughs> yes, for <laughs> Windows for ninety five clip art. They asked for people's help to name the album. And that's what they came up with. <laughs> I don't TLC. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, if I if I were to describe this uh, this album cover, which by the way it is the album cover, it looks like um it, it it's TLC with you know various colors in the background and it it's kind of like a '90s bubblegum candy wrapper, if you know what I mean. It's like bubblicious. Kyle is being <laughs> entirely too nice. This is what it looks like. Imagine you have five popsicles. A orange one, or a cherry one, or a grape one, and a lime one. You got all you got these popsicles. Now stick all four in your pocket and forget that you have them in your pocket for like three hours. Now <laughs> oh open my. up your pocket, and that's what the album cover looks like. How does he think of this stuff? That's crazy. <laughs> but yeah, it looks like melted crayons. It looks like when you turn on when you play Genesis and you turn it on and it says Sega and it lights up. That's what it looks like. <laughs> Oh, that's classic right there. Yeah. But guys, that you know what? I mean, we've been pretty critical of the of the Kickstarter, and I don't think any of us agree that they should have went with a Kickstarter. But if this is the result of a Kickstarter, man, I wonder what they're doing with the rest of the money. Like the music was, better be like top. Man, the music better be good. Well, see, that was that was my original point. I honestly was not too mad at the Kickstarter campaign as far as like the theory of it. But the results have been so suspect. When you got this album cover, the straight up clip art, when you got some songs that sound like they were produced way before the Kickstarter campaign started, some of these sound like some leftovers from fan mail. Like, I don't know... I want to see what the total out the album sounds like in this totality before I start really throwing bombs. But yikes! I'm glad I ain't put down my Kickstarter money. Well, the good news is um, the uh, the track list for the album came out too. I want to read a couple of the titles because I feel like they speak to us and they sort of represent us. So maybe we are the new TLC. Um, we have a song track number four. It's called Haters. And that's like, that's like the So In Stereo theme song. <laughs> Basically. Um, we have a song called um, A Mother Effer. Okay. That one should be good. Jeez. That should be something. Yeah. Um, hey, the good news is they have an interlude. That's kind of cool. We don't have those anymore. What's the oh name of the interlude? We're really grasping here. It's just called Is the, the name of the interlude called Interlude? Yeah. Okay. That's not very creative, but do your thing. <laughs> Which, by the way, I got a question for you guys about interludes for albums. Don't you think it's the most pointless interludes when it's just someone speaking? Well, see, to me, that's not yes. even a true interlude. Like an interlude should be a bridge between tracks because a good album, as we've talked about before, should flow. And sometimes you have songs that kind of don't really flow, and you have to have a song that kind of bridges the gap. The perfect interlude is that "Show Me the Way" interlude on Keith Sweat's '96 album because it flows and it flows directly into the next song. And those kind of interludes are great. When it's just some random person talking about set stuff, that's just dumb. <laughs> you know who's of the? Of course, uh, you'd king? reference a Keith Sweat song. Yep. But do you know who the king of interludes is? Dare I ask? Who? Magoo. <laughs> Magoo. Genuine's debut, Playa's album. My man did know how to. <laughs> they he knew how to justify his twenty seconds of fame, like throw Magoo on the trap. Give him like eight bars to rap, and then he's good. Pretty much. <sighs> Shout out Maganu. I miss him. He's uh, I, I think he's in VA doing like real estate right now. So uh, we'll have to buy a home from him. 
<laughs> wow. Uh, we've got a couple of other releases, just singles, that uh, that came out in the last week. We have Marsha's new single, Leia, produced by our boy Harmony. Did you guys get a chance to listen to that one? I think it samples a Michael Jackson record. Yeah, I liked it. Um, I heard it a couple days ago, and as most readers and listeners know, I'm a big Marsha fan, so I was, I'm always excited for her new releases and albums. She had a good interview with The Breakfast Club recently that I really enjoyed. And the song is pretty decent. It's nothing to like go crazy over yet. Like it was, I didn't see too many yasses on my Twitter, but it's a solid song, <laughs> and it makes me look forward to the new project. Her last album was really good. Remember, oh, you gave it, it a four point five. Ed. Yes, I did. That album was amazing. So she's got some um, big shoes to fill to live up to that. And then a couple of other releases: Guapale. New single out, Secret. I think her album's coming out soon, Tom. Yeah, new album called Dream Seeker, May 19th. And hers was another one whose last album was really good. Remember it that was. one, Ed? Strong yeah, as Glass. I really like Strong as Glass. So, yes, yet again, another album that has kind of a big reputation to feel. And hopefully, Guapale, you know, she, she can hold it down. And then, of course, lastly, Invoke put on a new single recently, I'm Good, produced by Raphael Sadiq. Did you guys get a chance to listen to that one? Now, that one I have well, not heard. <clears throat> well, Ed, let me ask you, though. Do you take them seriously at this point? Because, obviously, they don't have Dawn with them anymore. They don't have Maxine with them anymore. And it's just three members now. It's just really in vogue? It's, well, they're in vogue in name, but it is weird that two of the most high-profile members have moved on to other things. I mean, the entire group is talented, so can't say that, oh, the best voices are gone. So I will say they have a tough hill to climb, but I won't write them off just yet. And they actually signed a deal with E1 Entertainment to put this next album out, so we'll have to look forward to that. Yeah, that's interesting. Man, guys, I'm excited. You got In Vogue back. You got Cherish back. What what more could we ask for, guys? (laughs) I want 7.02 back. Oh, speaking of which, Kyle, what was that rumor you told me yesterday about a girl group coming back? I forgot to tell you guys this. Um, Recently, another outlet did an interview with Adrian Bailon of the group 3LW, and she said she's open to a reunion. Uh, I'm not sure who else is on board with this, but uh, 3LW in 2017. Thoughts? Oh, player. Like, what? version of 3LW because we all remember them fighting over KFC in the back of the van. I thought that was over. <laughs> what? <laughs> you don't remember that? Heck? That's how they I broke up. I have no out. idea what's going on. I, I do know what you're talking oh. about. Yep. Yep, they got in a big fight over KFC. I mean, the mac and cheese was flying all over the place. Feelings were hurt. Weave was pulled. And there was no more 3LW. Well, the one of the, um, what's her name? She's a she's a famous actress now, so I mean, and she's pregnant, I believe too. I don't think she's going to be going back to the group at any time. What's her name from? Uh, I think she's no, in the show no. Power now. It's a Naturi. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Naturi. Yeah. yeah. So broken promises, promises. I can't see. Girl. <laughs> no, no, it's not her. That's that's the other one. That's the other. One. I get them mixed up. Yeah. Naturi is the uh, the dark skinned one, if I remember correctly. Yeah. Anywho. Yeah, anywho. Um, hey, if they come out with a biopic, Ed, I know you're going to be watching that KFC mayhem. Oh, I'm just there for that final scene when the KFC gets to flying. That's all I want to see. Just fast <laughs> forward to that part. I want to see the chicken brawl. <laughs> Wait a minute, though. Doesn't 3LW have the current Soul Stereo song, Play Is Gonna Play? Oh, yes. No more. Players <laughs> gonna play. Both oh, of those boy. songs are classic soul and stereo theme songs. Don't get this wow. guy started, please. Well, yes, <laughs> get me started. I'm hype. <laughs> right. Players gonna play and fighting with chicken. Oh, this is the best podcast ever. Uh, so we have an album release that's coming out next week. We'll probably talk about it a little more next week, but that's Latoya Luckett's new album, which hasn't gotten any promotion at all. Like. I know she has a single out on um, Urban AC right now, and it's in the top ten, but I personally haven't even heard this song more than, like, 30 seconds of it, actually. I don't 
that's good for her. Um, honestly, I'm a big Latoya fan, but just being honest, I'm not that big a fan of the single. It sounds kind of just, I don't know, just typical a little, a little. It's not bad, but it's the kind of song that sounds like everybody else, and it, she doesn't have a personal stamp on it, I don't think. But I'm a big fan of her debut album, and I liked her second album a lot as well, so I'm looking forward to it, but... Judging by the single, it's just kind of same old, same old. So I hope she gives us something a little bit to stand out on the album itself. Here's the thing about E1, though. If you sign the E1 as an R&B artist and you don't have a single that goes top 10, then that's a problem because that's like their bread and butter right there. They'll right. back your single at radio and they, they've had a track record. So I don't know if that's specifically notable. But for me, though, I think it's going to be a solid it's going to do solid. I don't really know what you expect from an artist like this, sales-wise, you know, releasing independent. But I think it'll do solid numbers. I mean, I, I don't want to guess just yet. We'll probably guess next week, but we'll see. Mm-hmm. And then, of course, we got Faith Evans coming in two weeks as well, the project with Biggie. Um, we'll talk a little more about that one as well when it comes out. But uh, a couple of music albums to, to look forward to in the coming weeks. Yep, I can't wait for that Faith and Biggie album. That is the Ed Dream album right there. So I know my expectations are going to be way too high, but that's the one that I'm really waiting for. Cool. So if you guys remember last week, we did the whole Ask, you know, I got soul um, feature where, you know, our readers were asking us questions. That was fun, right? They had a good time, and we really have some intelligent readers because they gave us some really cool questions. We couldn't even get to all of them because some were required more in-depth answers, and we were like, oh, we'll circle back to them later. So hopefully we'll get a chance to yep. do that. For sure, and we got a couple more coming up after that. But, uh, Tom, what did you want to get into? Well, we got called out, guys, in the comments. I'm sorry to say this happens from time to time. Apparently, we didn't show P.J. Morton enough love, so if you guys will, can we just all go around the table and say something you like about P.J. Morton and his new album, Gumbo, if you don't mind? Well, first... (laughs) I I I said this tongue-in-cheek, actually. Yes. Just so you know. I I was was kind of being sarcastic. (laughs) And I was going to answer sarcastically, but... Before I do, I will say that I did enjoy the album. But I was like, I didn't understand the complaints about us not talking about that album that much. I dare you to go on any R&B site on the internet at all and find anybody talking about B.J. Morton. So for us to give him a shout out, I think we should be congratulated for doing the thing and supporting the artists. Y'all so busy finger waving that you forget the blessings that we bestow. But anyway, <laughs> chill. <laughs> Um, I did. No, listen- but actually, you go. Yeah, go ahead. You liked it, right? Yeah, I, I listened to it. I enjoyed the album a lot. I thought that um, I didn't write a full out review. It was, I think, the second half kind of slowed down a lot, a little bit like the Mary J album. My same complaint there, except it slowed down a little bit even more. So it was a strong album, but definite flaws. So. If you are a fan of PJ, I think you should definitely check it out. And if you're looking just for some new music, check it out. Check out Claustrophobic. Really like that song. So, solid release, but nothing to set the world on fire. And well, PJ Mar- Morton is actually a dope artist, though. I'll just say that. He is oh, talented yeah, musician. Question. You know, really oh, good yeah. artist. I really like this cover of the Bee Gees record as well. That was the last song on the, on, on the album. But uh, I saw a funny comment as well on YouTube, you know, and again, we should get props for at least talking about the PJ Morton album because our girl Lachelle went to Walmart, bought the Mary J. Blige album, and then returned it for store credit and bought paper towels instead. So. <laughs> Man, that's... I don't even know what to say about that. Well, yeah, that I, I can... Up. I contend the Mary album was not that bad. I don't know if people were expecting my life or share my world, but it was fine. They had some. I think the biggest complaint I had is she gave us all the good music up front. So if you've heard all the singles, you've heard the best it had to offer. I mean, I wouldn't be exchanging it for toilet paper, but do you? <laughs> toilet paper? <laughs> we'll save that for the Chris oh, Brown man. double disc. Oh, boy. Oh boy! And uh, 
Well, so I got a question for you, Carl. This is, since this is out of your generation. Um, yep. There's this artist I've kept hearing his name over the past decade. You know, it's kind of been like a like a fly buzzing around my head. I haven't been able to like latch onto him. I can't get a hold of him. I think the name is Jeremiah. So, could could you hold on, hold on, guys, calm mm. down. He just put on a new project. <laughs> but can you explain to me what I need to know about this artist? In all seriousness, because I'm reading Wikipedia. He cites Michael Jackson, Stevie Wonder, and R. Kelly as his biggest influences. So I feel like this is someone I need to know. Can you fill me in? What? Go ahead. Go ahead. <laughs> go ahead. Go ahead. Go ahead. I'm chill. Well, I mean, I personally, I'm not a fan of Jeremiah. I just don't think vocally he's strong at all. Um, he came after. You got to remember, he came right after the Dream. So mm-hmm. at that time, we mm. weren't we weren't really concerned too much about vocals. It was all about the catchy hooks and hey, birthday sex. That was a catchy song. I mean, I wouldn't go as oh. far as saying it. It's a classic, but it was a huge song at the time. Um, so why do people like him in 2017? He writes catchy music. That's that's all I can really say. And um, I mean, it's funny because he's sort of like the go-to hit maker nowadays for for quote unquote R&B artists. He's who who all the rappers are going to. So. I mean, I don't see what the appeal is, but I mean, I guess I get it. Um, I wouldn't advise you to listen to the new project if you don't want to, Tom. But hey, <laughs> if you want to, go for it. Let me know how it is. Oh boy! All right, all right. Fair enough. Ed, calm down over there. I'm not saying a word. I'm chilling. I'm chilling. I'm trying not to get you in trouble, Tom. I don't want them in your mentions. <laughs> you can get in my mentions. Don't get in Tom's mentions. Jeremiah. And what is that? What is that handle again? State the handle for us. Et Bowser on Twitter. Send your hate mail to me. Leave him alone. Send it my way, Jeremiah. How you? How, how are your vocal influences Stevie Wonder and Michael Jackson? <laughs> and you sound like that. Mm. Well, I got a question for you guys. Now that I think about it. So you guys uh, know Kevin Ross has been doing these 90s and 2000s acapella covers on YouTube and Facebook. So he's been going through year by year uh, on some of the biggest R&B hits. And last week he released the biggest hits from I think it was 2006 to 2008. And I felt, number one, that was kind of the turning point. And I didn't realize realize it at the time, but that was when the T-Pains and the Little Waynes came into the picture and you can just see a huge difference in quality at that time but my question is and it's completely unrelated to what i just said but do you think bed by jay holiday is an r&b classic because he sang that one and i don't know is that a classic oh, yeah, that was a big song it was a big song but it doesn't mean it was a classic jeez but as we have mentioned here time and time again i'm sure we'll get into it with the hall of fame discussion the things that I consider classic are, I feel like classic should be such an elite tight category. It's a small kind of club that you can't throw everything in it. I mean, I like that song a lot. I like Jay Holiday. But classic, please. Uh, I almost feel like you got to group it off. Like, I, say, I use the term modern day classic. Like, it's not fair to compare Jay Holiday to Luther Vandross, is it really? No, I mean, so. Not. Is it a modern-day classic, maybe? Maybe that's a better question. I don't know. Even if it's a modern-day classic, I wouldn't classify it as a modern-day classic. It was a good song for its time, but that's about it. Better than that Mask Off song, Ed? Better than what song? Mask Off? (sighs) Anything's better than Mask (laughs) Off. The Mask Off beat might be a modern-day classic. But anything that future mumbles over it gets a rest. Call it a day. All right, calm down, calm down. Let future do his thing. He's on top of the game. But um, our boy John Michael actually asked us the question last week for our um, as you know I got so and so in stereo feature. But I skipped on it, skipped out on it because I thought it was worth a bigger discussion. Ed, what was what? What did John Michael ask us? Yeah, I'd be glad to share it. And shout out to John Michael who released his mixtape. Um, this past week intro and it's actually doing pretty well so shout out to him check it out intro is on pretty much everywhere you can find your music i thought it was a pretty solid project so anyway here was john michael's question 
Based on today's image standards, name five absolute legends from the past that wouldn't be able to get a deal in 2017, purely based on physical appearance and charisma. So essentially he's asking, sort of, kind of what we were just talking about, which artists do we consider legends today that if they debuted in 2017 would be laughed out of the entertainment offices? I, you know what I always think of, think about is <laughs> when we mention artists on Instagram or Facebook, and Kyle always puts up like the, like the least flattering picture of that artist. <laughs> That's what I think of. He That's does like, this every time. Yes. Yep. <laughs> like for example, Robin Thicke with his long, scraggly looking hair in the beginning. Jesus hair. You know. But that was. I think it's. That was classic. <laughs> thick. I actually like Jesus Robin Thicke better than. Paula Robin Thicke. Oh, we love anything better than Paula Robin Thicke, but I didn't mind Jesus <laughs> Robin Thicke. It, it makes me think about it, though. Like, I, I also remember Chico DeBarge when he, with the album cover where he had like a half shirt on. Do you remember that? Ed? Oh, I know it well, player. Yes, I had <laughs> jokes back then. Yes. This stuff would never fly these days. Absolutely not. And, I mean, and this question really goes beyond just like horrible fashions because... You know, that's we got our own horrible fashions today. But like when it comes down to appearance and vocal stylings, who do y'all think would have struggled to like get on the radio in twenty seventeen? That's a tough one. I'm trying to I mean, I mentioned Prince like last time, but like if he had come out being his weird self with his weird look, you know, singing about weird things who knows if he would have even been as successful you might have been just laughed at or even not paid attention to well because he wasn't considered cool i think he's different i think if he came out in 2017 his weirdness would be endearing because if you look at young thug and that bunch they wear i mean his album cover he like he's wearing a paper umbrella and people celebrated that so i think his weirdness would be embraced today if he came out like 2002 yeah he might that might not work but I think he would do okay in 2017. You know the name that comes to mind? The name that comes to mind mm-hmm. to me is uh, Boys to Men. They would be just looked at as one of those YouTube acapella groups. I don't think they would have been. Like, we see a lot of those on YouTube and Instagram. Talented yeah, that's singers. A great, but, uh, that's a great I don't thought. Think, yeah. I don't think they would have made it to the mainstream. Because, I mean, we see it Not on Instagram and YouTube. So. And that was one of the first names I thought of, too. I think that if they tried to come out, they would be considered boring. They would be able to sing, and no one would doubt their vocal ability, but they were just too clean-cut, too boring, and too focused on actual vocals and not showmanship. So definitely boys and men. You know, honestly, I don't even know if Jagged Edge would have made it, going by that standards. I think Drew Hill would have made it, personally, but I don't think Jagged Edge has enough charisma to have made it, either. Honestly. No, that's a good point. That Drew Hale luckily had Cisco, so he can be front and center doing backflips and stuff and get everybody hyped. But you're right. Jagged Edge would suffer the same fate. I'm trying to think who else. Kyle, I anyone else you can think else. of? Your boy Luther Vandross would be <laughs> on the corner with a will sing for food sign because poor Luther ain't getting anywhere with that pouch that little um pouch he's got <laughs> and that little s curl please laugh him out of the building and another Jeez. person that wouldn't make it and y'all gonna be mad but it's the truth tina marie tina marie would come with that soulful sound and y'all would be writing to think pieces about how she's appropriating black culture and oh she can't sing r&b because she's a white lady get her out of here she's another one that we blacklisted she's wouldn't that work towards her 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 advantage now? She could be get played on pop. Yes, that would be the advantage. But then we would have an Adele situation where she would come out. The labels would be like, "Oh, we can't market her as R and B. We have to market her as pop." And then our all the R and B fans will be like, "Well, she's still in our sound and using it for pop." And everybody would be pissed. She would be Adele twenty seventeen essentially. You know what? I'm I got willing one for to, you. I, wait, I'm willing to bet right now that any of the R&B artists right now would trade their success for Adele's. I'm just saying. 
Oh, no question. They can hate all day. <laughs> but anyway, I got I got one for you. This might be a little controversial, Ed. I know it's one of your favorites. Kelly Price. Oh, it's sad but true. They run Just, her back into the church choir. <laughs> let's say too much singing, not the right image, you know, so on and so forth. And even if you listen to her story, it was tough for her back then because of her image. Yeah, so, I, and I told this story she made before. It. Like in 98, when her album dropped. Now, this is before the internet and everything. Like, I was a huge fan of a friend of mine. Me and a friend were, like, determined to find out who this woman was because we never really saw her. And when her album, when the single dropped, we were like, okay, we'll finally see what she looks like. And we looked at the single cover, and it was like a pair of shades. There was no picture of a person on her album cover, on a <laughs> single cover. It was so ridiculous. And that's because yeah. she never wanted to be marked. Though they didn't want to market her for how she looked, despite having probably the best voice in R&B at the time. It's insane. But image is part of the game. Yeah, you telling me you telling me Ruben Stutter wouldn't make it in 2017? Oh please, <laughs> sorry, 2017. <laughs> oh. That Shout was actually out to Ruben. Good, huh? Ruben, um, Ruben lives out here, and I actually saw him a couple weeks ago getting a sandwich. And I'm not joking. Really? He was getting a, yes, <laughs> we, we he was what? at a downtown diner, and we went out for lunch, and Ruben was in line with his. Big old shades on and his girl. So shout out to Ruben. Getting him a maybe a Ruben sandwich. I can't remember what sandwich he got. Ruben sandwich. <laughs> God. Damn. He's just out in the public just chilling? He was just chilling. Hmm. You mean he, was, he wasn't getting... You mean he could walk the street without getting mopped? <laughs> Somehow he just... Maybe his um female bodyguard he was with would, would be the one to knock him off, but... I think I was the only person oh, okay. that recognized. Damn. <laughs> okay. Speaking of which, um, I think ABC is uh, bringing back American Idol. Tom, I know you love American Idol. Well, I thought they're actually this bringing was it. it back. I thought it was over. No, they're bringing it back. They're reviving no. it. They're trying to get Ryan. They're what? trying to get Ryan Seacrest back on it too. No, they made Let such a die. big fuss that it was the last season, and then this is coming back. Jeez. Yep. Let it die. I will say this though. I will say this about American Idol. I mean, granted, it's kind of been like years since they made a superstar. I think they're the only TV show that has actually produced a star. When you look at X Factor and The Voice, I can't even name one person that came out of that that is a star. What did Leona Lewis come from? But didn't she come from like X Factor or something? Yeah, but I think it was. Um, in the UK, so... Oh, yeah, that's right. So, yeah. we're not counting that. But, yeah, you're no. right. I can't really think of anybody besides American Idol that made a decent star. I'm sure our readers will correct us in the comments if we're forgetting somebody, but I can't think of anyone. Uh, fun fact for you guys, though. Bobby V uh, auditioned for American Idol back in the day. Did not make it. And then he ended up on Ludacris' label, and look at him now. Releasing Trap and B songs. Oh, come on. Why are you making fun of Bobby V? He came and did this podcast with us as a guest. That is true. That is true. I'm sorry. Shout out Bobby V. I still love his first album. I don't care. Yep. Yep. Um, Now I want to quickly go into the, uh, the, the Hall of Fame discussion. So just so everyone knows, I got Brandy into the Hall of Fame. So I'm the good guy here. John B. did not make the cut. I actually spent last night listening to the Cool Relax album. We might have to revisit that one, guys. Wow, the album is fantastic. Hall of Fame bound? Nope. (laughs) Damn. So, um, as usual, we're going to be nominating two artists into the Hall of Fame. One coming from the readers, and Ed, it's your turn to pick the other one. But I'll start off with the readers' uh, nomination. They wanted us to nominate Destiny's Child. Um, oh one boy! Of most, one of the most, if not the most, successful female R&B group. Um, Beyonce obviously comes from that group as well, and we know, we already know Beyonce's legacy. Um, I I don't know. For this discussion, are we going to include Beyonce in, into it, or is she a separate thing? 
No, I would think that she would be included in this. What I would question is which members would we do? Would we do Latoya? Would we do Latavia? Would Farrah get in it for her being in it for five seconds? Did she get a participation trophy? Yep. Even even Farrah gets uh gets gets her name on the on the Walk of Fame. <laughs> Man, I wish I saw boys for men boys to men for like five seconds and then I could just get every accolade they got. Because I just marked mm-hmm. myself as ex boys and man member. Wait, doesn't that mean Mark Nelson is in then? <sighs> yep. I guess. <laughs> well, we haven't, nom- we haven't nominated boys to men yet, but back to Destiny's Child. So we're looking at their discography? Not the solo projects? Yeah, we should not count no Beyonce stuff and nobody else's stuff. Just the group Okay. Stuff. So we're counting those four albums? Four albums. Yep. Yep. Well, Tom, if you want to include Michelle Williams' solo projects, you can. <laughs> if you want okay, to like, really change their much. chances of getting in, then okay. But... <laughs> <laughs> Ed? Um, Tom? Ed, you go first. Ed, go first. Okay, I'll go first. I think that Beyonce has the overwhelming Beyonce hype that has tired out the entire universe will make a lot of people frown at the very mention of Destiny's Child being nominated but I think they are very rightfully so nominated and even though they get a lot of props for their second album because that was their big breakout album they had some great albums not like notwithstanding that that first album was a very 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 good R&B album that's become very underrated over the past few years. Their final album is probably their best album, if you ask me. And of course, the writing's on the wall. Big, did a trillion numbers. Crossed them over the pop, blah, blah, blah. The only whack album was Survivor because that was not good. But I think when it comes down to influence, it was kind of a no-brainer. When it comes down to sales, it's a no-brainer. And when it comes to content, it's a no-brainer. So even though we're sick of Beyonce, I think as a group, as a whole, I think they should be inducted. So they get my votes. Um, I want to hear what you have to say, Kyle. Well, I think um, the one point that um, people kind of forget about is that Destiny's Child came out, I think, after 702 did, right? Mm-hmm. That is correct. Yep. yep. And um, that was around the same time Black came out, the R&B group. Um, yep. A bunch of R&B groups came out at the same time, and you could just see how Destiny's Child just leapfrogged over all of them and surpassed them in pretty much every way. So, I mean, just the impact alone there. And I'm with you, Ed. They've had some solid or even good albums. Survivor is a terrible album. We don't need to talk about that one. But their last album was really good, and they had a couple of pretty good remixes, too. I mean, Say My Name is a classic, but we can't forget about the Timbaland remix of that song. It's a whole different mm-hmm. song, yep. and it's just as good. So I I think they're in, too. For me, it's a definite no. Easily no. Huh? You want, you want to know why? Please explain. Definite. First of all, we couldn't even get Music Soul Child in, who has oh, a way oh. bigger history of work than this group here. No, this seriously. Group? They got this four group? albums. You claim one was you claim one was terrible. The first one I wouldn't even say is a classic. The second one, I guess you could claim is a classic, but I don't know. I don't even know if they have one classic album. Yeah, they have some big hits. Yeah, I agree. They have some great songs. But, come on. This isn't a body of work I consider a definite Hall of Fame career. This is like an unfinished body of work, if you ask me. Did you literally just say that Music Soul Child's discography is better than Destiny's Child? And I'm not even a Destiny's Child stand like that. Let me go. Get, I need some something stronger to jerk on in this water. Woo! If you ask most R&B fans, I bet they would agree with me. I think some would, but some people also said Jeremiah sings like Michael Jackson. So who you ask? But here's the thing, though: if, if you look at Destiny's Child. The latter part of their career, a lot of it was just they were experimenting more with a poppier sound. And that's why they got a lot of notoriety. You know, it's like they kind of went away from the original R&B format they began with. Well, so, that's, 
That is true for the third album. And I think that... Oh, there are lots of things wrong with that third album. But the first one was definite R&B. The second was a mix because it was more R&B and hip-hop and a little bit of pop. The third one was pop and it was awful. The fourth one went back to the roots. And I think that even though the third one gave them notoriety, that was far from their best work. And then we're looking at work. Their best songs were pretty much R&B songs. How many classic albums? You could make a case for the second one being a classic. I'm not sure. I'd have to think about it. But that's the only one that so you, I would consider. You're telling me someone in the Hall of Fame with zero classic albums? Come on. We got to do better than this in the Hall of Fame. Well, it's a Hall of Fame. It's not a classic fame. Like You can get in there without a classic album. But again, there are very, very, very few albums that I would classify as classic. If we're doing that. The Hall of Fame will have like four people in it. All right, fine. So let me put this differently. Their albums. Give me a quick on-the-spot ranking of each one. Like a score? Yeah. Okay. First one, probably a four. Second one, maybe four and a half. Third one, a three, if that. Fourth one, probably four and a half. I've ranked the last one. I'm pretty sure I gave it out a four and a half. Oh man, last I can tell you're a big fan of Destiny's Child. <laughs> last one was good though. But well, last one I was think, awesome. I think the one point you have to, and Tom might be he might be sort of correct on this. It's sort of like unfinished business. They their yes, one, their yes. run was their run was huge, but it wasn't that long. But I will also make the argument to say there's some groups that break up because, you know, their run's coming to an end. I don't think they would have slowed down at all. I don't, I don't count that as a as a positive for them though. I don't give them credit for that. I gotta look at what the body of work they've given us, and to me, it's it's just not enough. It's not a complete enough resume for me to put them solidly in. Definitely not. No, they've got four albums. What else do you want? Like I don't want twenty five. And albums. none of them are a classic. I want two classics to put someone Please name the classic music soul child two albums because we still waiting on that convo from two weeks ago we know you're a music soul child hater and a destiny child fan that's another discussion oh my god such lies on this podcast even Lachelle Wallace agreed with me about music soul child Lachelle is too busy buying paper towels to be paying attention to these things (laughs) but the point I'm making is I just don't see this as a body of work like Hall of Fame, to me, should be the best of the best. SWV is the best of the best. Destiny's Child is a cut behind them, in my opinion. Okay, no, wait, hold I, on. Let's, do, would, you, would you guys say that SWV has a, better, has a better argument for being in the Hall of Fame than Destiny's Child? I, I'm on the fence on that one. I think. Yeah, well, but first the, of all, yeah, but that's the thing, though. I, I, I shot myself in the foot by bringing up SWV because they only had three albums before they broke up until they re re got together and all that but and yeah, i think I, just, I felt like what they left bigger us impact. bigger impact but but the impact to me but no but impact to me it, it was all hype though it's like beyonce was a star and it's all star power but it's a whole, totally different thing to me i'm talking about the music i want i'm talking about just the music but then you're still talking about you have to talk about influences and swv and they're almost different eras like you can't lump them together swv was early 90s, mid-90s. Destiny's Child, as, as Kyle talked about earlier, kind of leapfrogged the late 90s, early 2000s. So it's almost two different eras. And the era of the playing fields were a little different. Not drastically different, but they were a little different. I think they're on the same plane when it comes to influence. Hmm. Time for me to go back and listen to Soldier featuring T.I. and Lil Wayne. Classic. Hey, man, they had some good songs on that album. But uh, anyway. <laughs> and where's that? Uh, Did he drop off? I guess he dropped no, I'm off. Just here listening to you. I'm listening to your <laughs> falsehoods and lies. I'm just soaking them all in, play. Oh, boy. Jeez. We got a bunch of trash in this Hall of Fame. No, we didn't put music we... in. Oh, boy. We know you don't like music, Soul Child. That's just a given fact. You personally will not listen to a Music Soul Child album. Admit I it. love the first album. First album is great. I love like a couple of the albums. Hall of Fame career? Nope. 
I'm trying to be unbiased, though. That's what I'm saying. Like, I actually like... Kyle forced me to like Destiny Child last album. So I actually do <laughs> like it. How did he force you to like it? <laughs> He's like, hey, man. These are some good songs. You gotta listen to them. I hadn't listened to them in, like, eight years. He's like, Ninth Wonder produced these. And they're actually pretty good. Yeah, that album's but, pretty... I don't think anyone would say that's a bad album. Unbiased, taking away the star power, taking away sales, just taking the music for what it is. I can't put them in the Hall of Fame. I'm sorry. I'm sure many of our readers will agree with you, but I still think that a lot of the Destiny Child anger comes from Beyonce overdose. And I can't blame you for that. Because I'm sure tired of it. Shout out to Lachelle Wallace. I already see her comment agreeing with me. Uh, it's not even written yet, but I know it's coming. Yeah. <laughs> I, I don't know what to say, but uh, we'll put Destiny's Child into the Hall of Fame. We might have to put them in the in the revisited section with Ashanti. Oh, uh, who else God. is there? Music Soul Child. D'Angelo. D'Angelo's D'Angelo. getting revisited. He's, get, he's getting booted. John B. is another one. We, we're just going to have to redo this Hall of Fame John thing. B. I might want to put... I may need to put Tyrese back into that after the success of uh, the Fast and Furious movie that just came out. Which, by the way, wasn't very good. Oh, boy. What are you going to do? Um, anyway, we're tearing Ed, the whole Hall of Fame down. <laughs> we're restarting it. <laughs> <laughs> All right, Ed, it's your turn to nominate someone. Who do you have? Hopefully it's not as controversial as Destiny's Child. Oh, I'm sure it will be. Now, to pick this week's, I just turned over to my CD, my infamous CD wall because I am still a CD collector. I like actual physical albums. Y'all keep y'all digital joints. But I just turned, and the first album that caught my eye was this yellow album. And I was like, what is this? It was Monica's Makings of Me. So we're going to see Ooh. if Monica makes the cut. Now, Monica, what? we have put wow. in... We, last week we debated Brandy and we talked about the pluses and minuses there. And as we all know, their careers are parallel. So an artist who has, I mean, when she came out in 95, I thought she was a grown woman singing because her voice was so strong to be a teenager. She's given us classic songs. She's given us some very strong albums. And to Tom's earlier point, she has had lots of staying power because for over a decade, she has put out albums relatively consistently. However, her biggest drawbacks, I don't think that we have a classic album from her, even though we do have some really good songs. And I still even struggle to think of the definitive Monica album. Like, there are lots of good albums, but what is the album? I don't know if she has the album. So, for me, it would be a disappointing and heartbreaking no, but what y'all think? What are you just flipping a coin over there to make these choices? Purely facts. <laughs> <laughs> We've now set the bar so low that I don't see how you could say no to Monica. How is the how is the bar set low, Tom? We put Destiny's Child in this thing. We might have to even put Lil Mo in there now. Oh boy. Please tell I'm making me you on how... over here. Do you hear me? Tell me how Monica should be in the Hall of Fame. And I'm a big Monica fan, but cream of the crop, homie, what does Monica bring to the table? When I compare her discography to Destiny's Child, I'm taking her discography seven days of the week. Play, we're not talking about what you like. We're talking about take Monica as Monica. Tell me what she has done to deserve the Hall of Fame, not like what no, she I'm compares not say- to. I- I'm-, I'm approaching this as an unbiased opinion of this, this person made better songs than this person. As an no, unbiased we, music fan, you I believe com- Monica has... But don't compare it to someone who's already in there. Compare it to that person's total body oh, of work. Well, you forced my hand, Ed. I'm sorry. Oh. <laughs> Player! I told you this I music so child thing was... This music soul child thing was going to come back and haunt us. I knew it. Oh, I, we already knew it, player. We already... He's going to hang it over our head forever. Well, here's the thing, though. I mean... Well, this is the only way I can honestly view it. If I'm comparing her to other people who are already in it, I can't just say, yes, Monica is a Hall of Famer. I have to have other standards to base it on. So Brandy's in. I don't think she's had a better career than Brandy. 
Destiny's right. Child is in. I think she has had a better better career than Destiny's Child, so that's why I would put her in. Oh, but tell me how she has had a better career than Destiny's Child. That is what the question that needs answering. Because I feel that she's made better songs and, for the most part, stayed true to R and B while doing so, and hasn't strayed towards pop to make pop hits. I think Kelly Price made better songs than all of them, but, well, we haven't done her yet, so I don't want to give away my hand. But she only had one album, though. Who, Kelly Price? I mean, how many albums? <laughs> oh. oh. She's got, like, one album. Oh, my gosh. <laughs> President of You Know I Got Soul thinks Kelly Price has one album? You think John B. hadn't come out with albums since Cool Relax, too? No. No, I meant she has one classic, potentially. Kelly Price. Mirror Mirror, obviously, you know, I'd say is potentially one. Oh, I put her debut way above Mirror Mirror. But right, again, that's a, a whole com- other, we're that's a combo for another day. We're talking about Monica, not my girl Kelly. We should do her next okay, I'm, but I'm, anyway. I'm gonna come. I'm going to come in and interrupt this one. Yes. So first of all... Please bring some sanity to the combo. This this yellow album you speak of, the makings of me. That's the one where she's like topless on the cover with like a rope covering her, right? <laughs> yes, the bondage album. Okay. Well, that wasn't me, a good album. That was uh, that wasn't a great album, right? That was okay. Yeah. It was not the best. It was very hip hoppy. I liked it, but it was yeah. not a great album, though. It had one of the modern day classic songs on there, "Sideline Ho." <laughs> <laughs> That might be our first cuss word on the podcast. Wow. <laughs> no, you missed the case podcast if you think that was the first cuss word. You're right, you're right. Um, now, in terms of Monica in the Hall of Fame, I think my biggest criticism for Monica over the last... Uh, I, want, I want to say album since 1998 is that there has been no progression in her music. Well, I, let me let me correct myself. Code Red, there was a little bit of progression, and she did change up yeah, her sound. Yeah, I agree there. But there was that time span from after the storm till New Life, where it all just sounded like one long album. And maybe it's because of the producers that she worked with, but because of that, I mean, still standing. And I know you don't really like that album, but I thought that was a solid album, and it brought her back to the forefront of R and B. But I don't know. It, she's close, but I'm going right, to say no. Here, I got it. I'm going to say no. I got it. I, hear, I have your rebuttal for this. So you say her, her her stuff has been shown no progression and been kind of boring. I felt like one album. But she's been, when R&B has been in a state of emergency, she's stayed on track. She's stayed holding the flag for R&B. I thought Still Standing was a good album. you know, And I thought she's kept in that lane. And while everyone else was veering off into more popular sound, she stayed true, and for that, I give her a lot of credit. Yeah, and Remember? and just to clarify, like, Still Standing, I did. Like, it was New Life I did not like. That album oh, okay. was straight up Sleepy Time. That's the Sleepy album. <laughs> but, no, I agree with everything y'all are saying. But, again, my biggest issue with Monica's discography, if you ask someone, like, what is the definitive Monica album, you're going to get Shoulder Shrugs or maybe the first album because it had the most memorable singles, but... Like, there is no album, and I have all of them right here staring at me, including that yellow one, that there's still no album that is the Defender Monica album. And you can't say that pretty much everyone we've nominated. You can say that there's that Brandy album or that Destiny Child album or whoever, or even that music album that's like their album, their big contribution. (laughs) Monica's given us a lot of solid stuff, but not the thing. And she's still one of my favorite voices ever. I would, yeah, you're right. You That's know what's funny, point. though? With Monica, I want to say that the music that she put out in the 90s, the, the pop hits, like the Angel of Minds and, and that Space Jam song, like, I don't know, did, did those fans, like, connect with Monica once she steered back into that R&B? Or does she have two separate fan bases? I will tell you, because I was around then, when she was dropping that Angel of Mine-ish type stuff, people were kind of, eh, they were like kind of, uh, she's kind of drifting away a little bit. I clearly remember that. And I don't know if they had, I think they've since come back, but I do remember at the time there being a little bit of wincing when 
those type songs came out. They wanted the straight up hood, don't take it personal type stuff. But yeah, Angel of Mine number one single for you, I will was a number four single. Just so you know. Hmm. Um. And of course, she had the boy is mine. Which, by the way, this is another reason why we can't put her into the Hall of Fame. She named her album after that song when it was a Brandy song. So. Well, see, is that was that confirmed? Whose song was it first? That's what I have always asked. It's Brandy. Because I remember people saying it's produced by Ronnie Jerkins. Well, but he doesn't have only produced Brandy songs, player. He produced plenty of songs. But I remember at the oh. time, people were like you saying, why is she naming her album after a Brandy song? Because it was featured. She seemed like a feature artist at the time. But I don't know if maybe they came out with the song at the same time and she just beat it to the punch. Looking back, though, it did feel kind of cheap that she did title it that. No, I agree, but I didn't know if there was coincidences that maybe pushed her album back or what. I want to hear the defender story on that. Somebody get Ronnie Jerkins on this podcast. We'll get it. Yeah, we'll it's get called it done. Monica. <laughs> Last point about, about Monica, though, an underrated song, "Street Symphony." Oh, I don't underrate that. That is my joke. That, that is a good song, man. Um, man. Uh, so much to talk about, so much we already have talked about, but uh, man, let's get into this love letter thing. I think we had a good time with it last week. Ed, you saved Mario Winans from jumping off. Uh, let's let's do it again <laughs> this week. <laughs> uh, Tom, oh what do we goodness. have for this week? So if you missed last week's, Ed has a, on his soulandstereo.com site, has a section called Love Letter where he takes a uh, fan who writes in and helps, you know, kind of gives him advice. We've applied that to R&B songs, known R&B songs that you might have heard over the years. And now Ed will give that R&B singer advice based on yes. the lyrics of this song. And I will read the lyrics first, and then Ed will give that person advice. So here we go. Let's do it, player. <clears throat> I'm not going to sing it. I'm just going to re- read it. <laughs> uh but when you love someone, you just don't treat them bad. Oh, how I feel so sad now that I want to leave. She's crying her heart to me. How could you let this be? I just need time to see where I want to be. Damn. Have you heard this one? I think Donnell I've heard Jones this Jones is struggling before. right now. Um, Donnell's we talk- struggling. Help him out. <laughs> Speaking He's been of with his sweetheart we- since high school, Ed. We talked about this on the last podcast, how I saw him in concert, and he was struggling in, too. Oh, But oh Donnell, goodness. oh my goodness. This, this song is not the most flawed song I have ever heard and the worst advice ever. Essentially, what you're saying, player, is I want to cheat on you, but I can't do that. So let me just leave you and go do my thing. And when I get bored, I'll come back. So just wait for me. <laughs> Can you please flip the script and understand if someone did that to you, you would be ready to rip their face off. And you would be justified in doing so. So if you want to cheat that bad, just end the relationship. Why are you like, let's hold on, give me this free booty pass so I can go see what's up with old girl and slide back in your DMs after I'm bored with her. You're just passing around chicks like ugh, Tom passes around baked chicken in his household. So, (laughs) you need to just cut that one off, player. Just because when you go back to old girl, she's not going to have that number. That number will be changed. And if the number isn't changed, then she has little self-worth anyway. So, Donnell, you trash for that one, dog. I love the song. Can I just say one? There's another line on there. Donnell is wrong for this one. One is wrong. He says, I'm not saying I'm gone, but I have to find out what life is like without you. So, there's a chance he comes back? That's bad. This is the worst song ever, player. But it sounds so good. It does. Wait a minute. Isn't there a part two? Yeah. What what happens in that song? I don't remember part two. (laughs) It was on the Life Goes On album, I believe. Hold on. I'm sure I heard it. Because I remember that album, but I don't remember this song. And the results are in. How did we not know the answer to this? 
You don't know the song yet? I'm sure I've heard it, but I do not remember it. Because I remember the album. Oh. He's comes crawling back. <laughs> I hope she left him at the doorstep. Why would a woman Please. allow your man to go like Tom, if you were like to your wife, let's just like hold on a minute so I can hook up with this girl from ninety nine and then, you know, if it works out, cool, and our marriage will be strong and we'll come back. Your stuff will be sitting on the curb and I will help put it out there. Yeah, poor Donnell. He was just trying to make a nice song. <laughs> we saw his unsung. We knew what Donnell was doing. That was probably some personal experience. Ah, damn. Jeez. <laughs> well, um, I think because of your advice, Ed, Donnell has learned his lesson, and he will never lead another girl on. We can only hope, but again, <laughs> I saw that unsung. Donnell off the chain. Damn. Um, I want to quickly get into one of our Ask You Know I Got Soul questions. This one just came in from Miss Superwife. Um, she wants to know for you guys, what songs hold the best memories for you? Oh, man. So many. That's a tough one to answer on the spot. Yeah, I mean, it's so many. I'll have to, I might have to check back in next week with the answer to that one. That's a tight... Well, let me let me top let me flip the script on this one. Um, this is a question that I wanted to ask okay. you guys last week as well. We've all been in relationships, and some have succeeded. Obviously, you guys are both married now, and some have failed, which is why I'm still single right now. But I'm sure there <laughs> I'm sure there are songs that you associate with a with a certain person that is no longer a part of your life or remind you of bad times, and as a result of that, you cannot listen to that song anymore. Do you guys have one of those? Mm-hmm. I do as well. It's terrible, but there's this song, um, I'm sure many people will remember it. Um, Erica Badu and Common, Love You for Life. It's like a um kind of an ode to hip hop. Love of my life, I'm sorry, is what it's called. Love of my life and ode to hip hop. Yes. There is a person that was around that reminds me of that song that I never want to see again. So whenever that song comes on, I'm like, flip next. <laughs> Damn. Wow. And it's a very sweet song, and it's a great kind of symbolic song about womanhood and manhood and tying it to hip-hop. But, ugh, brings up some ugly memories. Damn. I was telling Kyle that um, since I am married, I'm in a happy relationship. I don't like. I don't listen to too many sad songs. Too many. I don't listen to even too many slow songs. I like. Yeah. I like up tempos. I like stuff that will keep me, like in a, in an up tempo kind of mood. So for me, I don't really put those on too much. I don't really have a song though. But sad songs, no. Nah, I just don't want to be brought down. Damn. Um, I I have one song, and thankfully I don't listen to you know Brian McKnight on a regular basis. But there is this one song called Still from I think it was my two thousand and one. Mm-hmm, I know it. It's supposed to be a happy song, but I can't listen to that any, that song anymore. It brings back too many memories, so I just put it to the side. And again, I'm thankful that I don't listen to Brian McKnight on a regular basis. So every time that song comes on, I just flip the switch, listen to some Pleasure P, Did You Wrong, <laughs> Modern oh Day Classic, if, if I may. And, uh, Modern good. Day Classic. You yeah. may not. You may not, but whatever. Modern day classic, <laughs> did you wrong? Man. The best um, part of that song is when he disses pretty Ricky. At <laughs> oh my gosh. Yep, yep. Me without you is like uh, Pleasure P without Pretty Ricky. That's a classic <laughs> line right there. And then he cracks up. He can't even get through the rest of it. It's hilarious. <laughs> oh man. Um, so just to give you a quick summary, guys, of, of everything that happened on this podcast, Chris Brown, Chris Brown is going to be releasing 40 songs. Ed, don't get too excited. <laughs> uh, Tom is going to go to Safeway or, or Walgreens later to buy a uh, box of Popsicles so he can remake TLC's album cover. <laughs> yes. <laughs> All right, uh, we got a couple of pants. Jeez. Uh, we got a couple of new album releases on the way. Uh, in terms of the Hall of Fame, I think we came to a consensus that Destiny Child is in. No. Yes. Well, Okay, Destiny's Child is in. It's two to one. 
And Monica I don't believe is, you. Monica is not in the Hall of Fame? Correct. Yes, she is. Yes, she is. <laughs> Tom, you're about to get kicked off this podcast, too. I'm making my own Hall of Fame. That does it. <laughs> It'll be Whoever music and nobody it. else. It'll just be music Whoever? and Tom sitting in a chair with his arms folded. Hold on, hold on. First of all, we got music. We got Monica. We'll take even Lil Mo in that thing. We got oh. a good Hall of Fame going so far over here. Oh, boy. Whoever uh, doesn't make it in this Hall of Fame is eligible for mine, okay? Wow. Boy, I can't difference. wait till we nominate Jeremiah so you can put him in your Hall of Fame. John B. is in, too. We're doing well here. Rihanna. This is, like, perfect imagery <laughs> for uh, my my Hall of Fame with Ed and it being Coachella and yours being the Fire Festival, Tom. <laughs> <laughs> I see it already. The Fire Festival was a great concept, guys. It just had some hitches and didn't quite work out so well. Oh, last point. Ja Rule is being sued for $100 million for that thing. Yes, great concept when you're going to be $100 million in the hole. He can afford that, though, right? I don't think there's a lot of people that can afford $100 million, Tom. Um, <laughs> I don't think the always-on-time checks are still coming in on time, so I think he's in big trouble. Okay. <laughs> um, oh. Anyway, guys... <laughs> Uh, we'll, we'll, we'll check back in next week uh, maybe when Tom's in a better mood and maybe we can nominate somebody that he does like into the Hall of Fame but until then guys, this, <laughs> this week I think we're good, this is Kyle signing out Tom and Ed, we're out guys we out alright